So we not only had a baby, um, we'd lost my mum, our biggest support here in Australia. It just completely blew our world apart, just threw us into the depths of hell, really. It was just such a horrific time. Welcome to Parenthood, where our lives and stories aren't perfect, but very real. I'm your host, Leonie Akidunor, and each week I'll be peeling back the often silent struggle we face as parents and bringing you guilt-free conversations to help you feel seen and heard. It's like group therapy. Leave your judgment at the door. Let's begin. Welcome to the show. I'm just drinking tea. Drinking tea. <laughs> That's a good way to go. Welcome to the show, guys. How are we both? <laughs> good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, good. Nice to be on my first podcast. Yes, I was just saying, so Em is quite the podcast queen with her own podcast, Good Morning, and her husband Ben is here joining us as well and has never been on a podcast before. I feel so privileged. <laughs> em, how did you help? How did you make this happen? <laughs> well, I was going to say it could go either way, so <laughs> we'll see. I twisted his arm a bit, but no, he's, he's excited. <laughs> no, I love it. Love it. All right, guys. So just for those listening, a bit of background on our beautiful guest today. So we've got Im, uh, Imogen. She's the podcast host, as I mentioned, of Good Morning, uh, a very well-known podcast uh, in the Australian podcast, I guess, library. Um, it's specify, it's more specific around grief and handling grief. Not only does she have her own podcast, but she's also an author. So she and her co-host, Sal, have written the book, Good Morning, Honest Conversations About Grief and loss, which I feel like is no easy feat. So well done, girl. Um, she's also a speaker and a great advocate. So and we're also joined, as I mentioned, by her hubby, Ben, a business owner and system developer. So guys, as you would know, this podcast is all about sharing our experiences as parents, being super raw and honest about our grievances. And also, I mean, as much as we absolutely love our delightful cherubs, you know, I, the whole point of the podcast is to be real about, you know, some of the challenges that we feel we're experiencing on the daily so that others can sort of feel less alone in those challenges as well. Um, I'm going to start with you, Ben, because I do notice a bit of an accent. Tell me, how did you meet our gorgeous Im? Talk us through it. Um, well, most people at home think I'm, I'm Aussie now, so they, they seem to think I'm saying Aussie words, but, um, I was, um, uh, well, basically flicking through Tinder, um, in London. So I was actually at a meeting in London, London Bridge, um, one of our clients and got a little bit bored of me and started swiping yes to every girl. No, I'm joking. Just started swiping, obviously, oh, here we go. in the middle of a meeting. And then, um... And then, yeah, um, I matched with Imi on, on Tinder and then um, it was kind of, yeah, it just went really quickly. Um, we we matched, started talking, and then Imi was after my number within sort of a, a day or so. So, <laughs> Can we just preface this entire conversation with Ben is a sarcastic person and the majority of what he's going to say today is not verbatim. So I just need to put that out there. <laughs> but we did meet on Tinder. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So wait, you were living in London then at the time as well, um, Em, were you? Okay. Yeah. Right. I went over there with um, our friend Elle. We've got a mutual friend yeah. Elle. And um, yeah, I went over there to do the whole working visa thing and I ended up staying for the whole two years but we actually met in my first week that I was there so I didn't oh muck that up. Yeah. yeah 
Yeah. And when did babies come in the picture for you guys? Oh, baby, I should say, sorry. <laughs> so we met in, what, 2015? No, 2015. Yeah, roughly. Definitely. Yeah, 2015, I think. And then we ended up having a baby in 2019. So, yeah, we've been together for a little while. Um, yeah, we Something had our discussed prior or like, had you sort of, you know, talked about wanting children? Well, it's funny because Ben comes from a really big family. So children was like having a family was always going to happen for him. But I, on the other hand, never really identified as a very maternal person and was kind of afraid of the idea of having kids. Mm-hmm. So we had talked about it and I, you know, I knew going into a relationship with Ben, having a family was going to be a non-negotiable. So I was open to it, um, but we hadn't necessarily planned it and it was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Um, you were trying to, well, you kind of, you got, you was in New Zealand, weren't we? And you felt ill when we were skiing. Yeah. And then, um, and then she was like, and then we come back and then we had our birthday and then you were, thinking, oh, maybe I am pregnant, but I'm going to drink. Yeah, I'll find out tomorrow after our birthday party. That's terrible. I'm going to drink. Anyway. And then, um, I'll deal with that tomorrow. Yeah, and then after that you found out you were pregnant. Yeah. Wow, that's so great. And so at that point were you guys living it back in Oz? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So I'm curious from each of you, like when you became parents, is it what you expect? Tell me. <laughs> no. I mean, uh, Amy's got zero, well, hardly any experience with kids, um, really, because, you know, she's not been around kids, like, like babies that much. Like, a, yeah. I, my, I've got, like, four siblings, and they've all had kids, and my mum was always looking after children, and yeah. um, obviously I had younger sisters and that. So I kind of had an idea of what parenting looked like, um, but it's still a complete shock. Like uh, every every child's different. I don't mean you can prepare for it, but yeah, I was in complete shock. Uh, even from the birth through to those early newborn. I think we should tell people the story of how you ended up in hospital when I gave birth. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. What happened? Um. Well, I'm I'm better. I, so. I'm better at being in the situation, being the p- person observing it. So if it was me giving birth. Weirdly, I think I would have been in a better frame of mind, but um, and the fact that she was highly dosed on up on morphine and stuff. The, the birth was long, very traumatic. Um, it was 24 hours pretty much in labor and then sort of an hour of pushing. Um, so then she got rushed in for a C section. Um, and yeah, I think I was sort of, I could overhear everything that the sort of the surgeons and everything were saying, and um, whereas Imi was just sort of vibrating on the bed. She, <laughs> yes. I don't know what it was, the um, epidural had affected her, and she was sort of just continuously shaking. Um, so we're already tired, and then um, they basically pulled this baby out, and we're still in, sh- I'm still in shock, really. You know, it was, um, so I, when I went off with the baby, I could see Imi just like back on the, on the, on the bed still shaking and looking quite concerned and I think they'd given her morphine and all that so I spent a bit of time with Layla went back to the with you um and yeah she just didn't look like she was coping very well so I was actually really concerned about Amy more than obviously Layla because I knew she was okay um and obviously you haven't quite got that bond with the baby yet so it was obviously I was still very worried about Amy 
And then, um, yeah, so then I think my prob- my issue then was that I, Layla never slept. Like I, I heard that when a baby's born, they sleep really well for a day after and all that sort of stuff, and that's what we were told. Layla didn't sleep, and she didn't sleep for more than two hours. So I stayed in the hospital with Immy for three, three days, and I was up with the baby because she had a C-section, so she couldn't carry the baby. So I think because I was there, the midwives put all the pressure on me to help and do things um, where I should have probably gone home because I was already really tired. So I was getting woken up continuously. I don't think I had more than six hours sleep in three days. You had a mat- plastic mattress on the, just floor on the floor and no food. Like the they hospital didn't, didn't offer me. any food. I, I, what? Was, yeah, yeah, I had no food. They didn't give me any drink or anything. Like I was just eating bits of Immy's food that she hadn't eaten. Um, and I was. And then I was getting coffee, so I was loading myself up with coffee as well. So anyway, I ended up feeling really like I woke up again because my midwife walked in and I woke up feeling really sick, like just dizzy and stuff. And I said, I don't feel good. And um, they were like, oh, we can't do anything. You have to walk yourself down to A&E. I said, okay. So I walked myself down to A&E and, um, yeah, they they basically checked my blood pressure and it was like sky high. It was um, hypertension. Hypertension. Um, I think it was it was really really high, mm. so they basically gave me some fluids and just sat me down and basically waited for me to sort of calm down a bit. But I think it was just the the sheer shock of everything, and then not eating, not drinking, not sleeping, and I should have just gone home. And then that night I went home because mm. um, I think England were playing maybe with Chris when I watched football. And in the next day, I was okay and I could help, you know. So it, I think if I should have probably have gone home a bit earlier because she would have been looked after by the midwives. Um, but, yeah, but that, you, you know. You and there's know. just not a lot of care for the dads in no. that situation. Like they're just a bit of an afterthought and the mum is just the one getting looked after, which I think is mm. not great. I can't believe they didn't even offer food. Like isn't that a common no. basic Wow, that's, yeah, that's Mm. so crazy. So it's quite of a whirlwind, obviously, in those early days. And you said, you know, if Layla didn't sleep much either, like, God, that would send anyone crazy. Like, what Mm. are some of the difficulties that you guys, you felt both, both of you experienced, you know, in those early days, I guess even individually, like, would you say the sleep deprivation was one of the hardest things or what, you know, what do you both think? We've got quite a unique story. I think the sleep deprivation definitely got to both of us and was so difficult. Um, And then, yeah, she just sort of was a really tough baby until about six months. And then we flew over to the UK to visit Ben's family because we've got none of them here as well. It was just my mum was a big support for us um, at the start. And then, yes, we went for a trip over to the UK to, like, let Layla meet the rest of her family. And then we came back. And then sadly, my mum took her own life and it just completely blew our world apart. So we not only had a baby, um, we'd lost my mum, our biggest support here in Australia. Um, So it just threw us into the depths of hell, really. It was just such a horrific time. And like we're sitting here now and it's been, I think, three years since, Mm. since everything has happened and I don't know how we're actually here to be able to tell this story because no. there were times where it was just, it was so heavy. I'm I'm amazed that Ben and I made it through as a couple. Um, is one of the biggest things, I think, because we've kind of had all of the tests that 
a relationship could have in a very short period of time. Um, and I don't think a lot of people would get through that. It was a lot of pressure. Yeah, and for those listening, uh, Em actually tells her story in one of our episodes. I think it was called Motherless Mum. So I'll put that in the episode notes for people to listen to. It's Yeah, it's such a completely tragic story. But um, I guess, it, you know, to your point, like as a couple, like, I mean, curious, Ben, like, you know, what mm. is that like, you know, when you're, you see mm. your partner struggling so severely and, and you have a newborn on top of that? Like yeah. what was that like for you? Uh, it was... Oh, it was a bit of it's a bit of a blur, but um, it was pretty insane. Like um, Layla was, as Emmy said, was really really hard. She didn't sleep anyway. We were already really tired. Um, she, I think she had hand, foot, and mouth as well when it all happened as well. So Layla was really sick. Um, so and yeah, we were moving house. We were moving house as well, and um, literally putting boxes in in the house when it happened. And yeah, it was just. I think we just all in deep shock. And all I wanted to do was ring my mum and that, but it was late at night. In, in the UK. So I ended up getting through to my sister and she was like, what's going on? I'm panicking. Um, so yeah, so I think it was really hard because um, not, not only did all that happen, um, obviously Imi was really badly impacted, which meant she was almost like a vegetable was the only way or zombie that I could sort of explain it. She was still really good as a mum, And I think Layla sort of helped that because she had to, she had to do Layla, you know, she had to look after Layla. She had no choice, but um just, I just remember just her being sort of a, a vegetable in a way, just like we went to Bunnings and to get some stuff and she just literally followed behind me and just, you know, was just in this complete shock. And um, it was really hard for me as well because, you know, I had a really good relationship with um, obviously his mum and um, for us it's, you know, the, the Layla's other grandmas in the UK. So it would have been great to have a grandma that was around that Layla could have that relationship with. So that was really really hard and then i guess it's just picking up the everyday things as well because emmy um through her grief is not as she's found it really hard emotionally and stuff like that but she's unable to sort of do the normal things like you know still you know do i don't know sort of bills out whatever it is you know or the arrange things so i find i found that i had to do that and also she was unable to, she wasn't working anyway. So I was obviously doing a lot of, I, I was working a lot. I had to take on more work to ensure that, you know, that we, we could financially sort of float. Um, cause it's not, as, as you know, Sydney in general isn't cheap and, um, right. having a, a child and she was in daycare at the time as well, I think. And, um, so there was a lot to pay for. So for me, I was very tired. I was finding it very hard. Um, trying to help Emmy emotionally as well. Cause I think Emmy relied on me a lot emotionally um so i it got sometimes as i don't know how to put it but um sometimes it's like kind of oh this is sort of the wrong time like yeah. i've got things you know we, we need yeah. to there's things we got to do to survive and i i don't have this moment to just jump and help you with your like the way you're at you're feeling but i i had to obviously because it's um i think i think partners rely on their partner a lot to get a uh, a lot of um, reassurance and stuff when they're grieving or, or when things happen and and it's actually quite hard especially when you're picking up lots of other roles so um you did get it in other areas um with friends and stuff and you know yeah and to be fair all of Emmy's friends family were amazing they came and they helped they 
you know, I didn't even, I didn't know where half of my stuff was because they unpacked all our boxes and put it in. So for about six months, I was still trying to find my clothes and that. But um, but they were bringing food and stuff like that. So I think yeah. that's what the, the great thing was. People, I feel like people were doing things and coming over and help clean and, and all that. And that stuff's actually a great help rather than, you know, maybe just sending some flowers, which is also nice, but actually doing things that can sort of help take the pressure off, I think, was yeah, but I do think there comes a point when that support drops away, um, not long after the funeral, and we are we were sort of just left to our own devices, and it was also COVID, and Ben was just juggling work. Um, we had Layla at home full time. She went to daycare when she was one, so we had her at home for the three months. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I did identify in hindsight that, my relationship with my mum was kind of codependent. Like I'd always rely on her for emotional support. Whenever anything went wrong, I'd call my mum and we were really close, maybe in a little bit of an unhealthy way. And so when she died and I'm going through the biggest catastrophic thing in my life and I don't have that person, my go-to, I think everything kind of just fell back on Ben. Mm. So then he's the financial support, you know, he's, doing all the practical things that I was unable to do. And then I'm now leaning on him for that emotional support as well. Like it was my expectations of him were just unrealistic. And I think that caused a lot of friction at times in our relationship. And perhaps we just didn't feel like we were, you know, each of us were being heard. And I felt like my needs weren't being met. And he was just feeling like the whole weight of the world was on his shoulders. Mm. So it was just a really difficult time. And um, I don't know how we got through it. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Early parenting is like tough enough, let alone mm. in, in those mm. circumstances. When you found yourselves in a position where like a level of disagreement or something over something, right? Like, you know, uh, Ben's feeling overwhelmed, you know, Im, you feel like you're not getting what you want in that moment, let's call it. I mean, I guess I'd love to understand like how do people fight and how do people resolve? So like... <laughs> Is there certain things that you guys do? You're all looking a bit hesitant now. <laughs> we are briefly interrupting today's episode to give a shout out to a non-profit that the Parenthood Pod is proudly supporting, St Kilda Mums. Are there kids' products in your home that you just don't use, that the kids have grown out of and are collecting dust? St Kilda Mums is a much-loved and trusted charity which rehomes essential items for babies and children in need across Victoria. Over the last 12 months, they've been able to help over 19,000 babies and children across the state. St Kilda Mums invites you to donate your pre-loved items, including prams, car seats, cots, baby toiletries, high chairs, clothing, toys and books, to their warehouse in Clayton. Share more, waste less Every child thrives. For more info, visit stkildamums.org and see the details in the show notes. Tell me, what's, what's it like and how, yeah. the, how do you then resolve? Yeah. Well, we are both Virgos. We're born like four days apart. We're incredibly headstrong, really stubborn people. Mm. Yeah. So as you can imagine, when we're in arguing, we're, we're both right and we yeah. both don't back down and we both will just yeah. keep on going. Um Um, but I think when I look back at those times where there were moments of like when we were disagreeing on things or arguing about things like I just remember my early grief like I was so angry like I just was full of rage and so our 
fights would be quite explosive and I'd just I'd storm out of the house and I'd just drive off and just I just wanted to get away. Like I just wanted to run away from my life and like I felt so trapped and at times like no one understood and I guess I guess I was stuck in a real victim mentality back then. Um which I had to work through, you know, and but I think yeah our fights weren't great and we sort of really struggled with communication and I think we still do struggle a little bit with communication but we've got better at kind of just like dealing with it and cooling it off like back then I think when everything was so heightened with the grief and the trauma it was really hard and then you've got a baby screaming and like you just it was yeah. it was really hard because I was working from home as well I think you were working it, from home too because obviously what happened and then COVID so yeah. There was no, there was no getting away either. So no it was kind of like, and in lockdown, we're stuck in yeah. each other's. And and I didn't company. have like we weren't in a house where I had my separate office. Up, my office was kind of within the front room because it was in Sydney, like in Mascot. We just had this one level house, and it was just sort of big open plan. We had a couple of bedrooms, but um, it was just too hard to set up in there. So it was just in each other's hair as well. And I think you sometimes need that you need that separation a little bit yeah. just to, to calm down and get out of each other's hair. And I think eventually we just sort of, just sort of parked it. We got used to being able to just park it and walk away. And I, and I also had a bit of, um, obviously I was grieving as well. And like, it's mm. probably was one of well, probably the biggest loss that I've ever had. And that was someone that was not directly related to me. So um, in a way it was kind of like, I was I was feeling like I shouldn't be as affected by this as Emmy, you know, so I should just be accepting of whatever she feels and whatever she wants to do and just agree with her. Um and I did for a bit, but then after a while it just it kind of it kind of got a bit grinding. And especially <clears throat> when you're doing you got a lot going on work wise and I my family again, not are in the UK, so if my family were here they they would have done all they could to help us. They were getting tickets to come over to help, but covid stopped that as well so oh, you know yeah, yeah we so um yeah we even some family um you know um did a pool and got us some money as well to help get the family over and we couldn't even do that in the end because um yeah because of covid so it was there's so many things all thrown in covid um grieving a newborn <laughs> moving house what? <laughs> As you said, like that mm. is an absolute cluster, you know, what, like, you know, of yeah. situations all in the one little incubator where you can't even really leave, right? So no. what what do you think got you, like if you look back at, at it now, what, you, what got you guys through it? Like was there any sort of fundamental things that you're like, you know, or was it just one foot in front of the other every single day? Any lessons from that? I think a lot of it was one foot in front of the other. Mm. I think something that I love about Ben is he's very family oriented. Like that's it. You know, once he's got a family, that's it. I think it was always, you know, it's a big value of his. And so there was really no giving up, you know, and I think a lot of people would have given up and Mm. walked away. And like, I feel so grateful that he's still here with me today. Mm. Um, Because it was a lot like, and I was a lot you know, to deal with. And I take full responsibility of that. Um, you know, I don't think it's a normal situation for anyone to go through, but yeah, he stuck through it. And, um, I think what also really helped is when we first met 
our, like we were just so drawn sure, to yeah. each other. It was almost like we'd known each other our whole lives. Like I, I think without being too, we were like, there's a soul connection there. Yeah. Like we went through, you know, some stuff in the early uh, stages of our relationship, which, you know, tested us a lot, but we kept just coming back to it. It was almost like nothing could break us. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think we just kept coming back to that, being yeah. like, we know how good this is. We know that there's nothing going to be greener on the other side. We know yeah. how we feel about each other and how, yeah, how much we mean to each other. Let's get through this. And I think another element for me is I come from a really broken home. So um, my parents divorced when I was two. I never rem- remember living with my biological dad. And then um, my mum remarried my stepdad, who I lived with for about 15 years, and then they split up. And then my mum ended up with a woman. So I came from a really complicated upbringing. So another thing for me is never wanting my child to go through that. You know, so I will do anything that it takes for her to have a really secure and stable home because it's something that I never had and I think it's really important. So I think there's a few factors that come into play there as to what kept us going. Um, did you have anything else to add? Yeah, no, I've, I think, yeah, as you said, just thinking about the good times and how it all started out and how strong we were. Um, I, I've also come from a, a family where we, you know, we go through our issues and we sort them out and move on. Like sometimes it can take six months, sometimes it can be a couple of weeks, but we don't just throw it away. And my mum and dad's relationship is very much like that. They've gone through a lot. Um you know, in their life together. So, and there's probably times they could have gone sod this, you know, they've had five kids within seven years and, you know, they, again, you know, the financial strain of that. And, um, you know, so I think I I get that from probably my, my family as well. And my family are very close in the UK. Like, you know, they all live within sort of two miles of each other as well. So we've got a lot of family. So I think that kind of helps, um, as well, but it is, I think it is easy to give up, but, um yeah. yeah you just gotta especially in this day and age mm. you know people will just mm. seem a little bit more disposable especially with like yeah. online dating and things like yeah you know and that grass is greener mentality um yeah. but yeah i think we oh. were just lucky that we had all these driving forces that stopped that from happening mm. and i think like the values i mean they always say like aligned values is everything right because love Mm. is not enough it never is enough you need Mm. to have way more than love in a relationship to get you through times like that you need to have the same Mm. values the same sort of end goal I mean this is my belief at least like you know you can Mm. be in love with someone but find situations like that too much and say I love you but I can't be in this anymore right but if your values Mm. are so aligned like you've got the family values and all of that and you just never want to give up that that's what I, you know, I, I reckon gets couples through. I'm curious. So let's say coming out of that time, and I'm, I, you know, I can only imagine the last couple of years have not been easy just in general. But as it got a little bit more sort of day to day in the coming sort of years, and now how old's Layla, your little one? She's four. She four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, now you've navigated a few different stages of her <laughs> life as well. How do you find? you know, each other when it comes to your, the way which you parent, your parenting mm. styles and do they align or do they conflict? <laughs> uh, I think, um, I think our main sort of parenting styles, the most important ones are aligned. Um, you know, what we want for her and, you know, how, how we want to, you know, bring her up and stuff like that. But we do have our, we do have our, um, 
differences and mostly around i think again going back to that i'm i'm used to kids and screaming and crying i'm used to all of that right although when Layla was a child it was really really hard and i didn't expect like the first the first year or the first six months i don't think i had a real bond with Layla. i think it was quite hard um because of the working situation and everything else and then what happened to his mum. but now it's obviously completely different but i find that sometimes like imi can't handle um Layla like even crying for a little while whereas you know I'm kind of used to that and it doesn't sort of get into my like into my bones or my body the same way it does in me. So sometimes I'm like, right, let's just leave her, you know, just let her do her thing. And But Amy can't handle that. So it's like, so Amy will start sort of getting at me going, well, you know, do something, distract her, do this. And I'm like, well, <laughs> we don't always have to do that. We can just let her try and just figure it out for herself, you know. And yeah. so sometimes, and I guess my biggest problem is, when um when this happens, it's sort of this debate's happening in front of Layla, and then Layla can hear that, and then then for me that's what really works me out because I'm like she she's sort of can see that it's playing a parent off you know one off the other and stuff like that. So um that's but yeah we we do have our I think our core um our core uh, styles are the same, but I think there is some different. I think I'm more of the sort of the fun one, and you know the you know, if you want to play and all that bath times and all that is me. And then if it's like the comfort and all that other stuff and I give her emotional support, but I think obviously she, you know, no putting truth. her to bed, getting her asleep, asleep no nurturing her is obviously Emmy. So, and I think they work quite well that we do have those two different dynamics. Um, mm. But yeah, we do butt heads. Like, have you got any others that you can think of this? No, uh, it's true. I think for me, in my defense, the the crying thing I find really triggering. Like it's a it's a body response. It's not just oh I can't handle her crying. It's like mm. my body can't handle it. Like it actually works me up. And I think it's really common for a lot of women to experience that. And I think it also comes down to I was never taught to regulate my own emotions as a child or as a teen as a young adult, like I just did not know what that looked like. And I think that came back to me always going to my mum to calm me down and make me feel better and give me reassurance. So I didn't have good emotional regulation um, when I had a child. And so seeing my kid try to regulate her emotions really triggers me and I just want to calm her down and I just want to stop it and I'll do anything to kind of, I won't do anything to stop the crying. I, I usually try not to give in to her um, unless it's obviously something that she needs, like a basic need. But, yeah, I find it really triggering. I think that does come down to my own issues with emotional regulation and that's been a bit of a journey for me um, since mum died is trying to to learn to kind of control my emotions better and my reactions to things better I think that's what it comes down to is the way I react to things I can be quite reactionary rather than just taking a step back and taking a deep breath and I think Ben's a bit more of a chilled laid-back kind of guy Mm. um and so we do clash clash on that and sometimes I'm like why can't you just understand that it's just me not being able to regulate my emotions and I'm getting triggered I'm not having a go at your parenting whereas he'll get defensive because he feels like I'm having an attack at his parenting and then we get into a a fight about it and yeah so I think that's what's going on underneath yeah it's probably like interesting I don't know Ben like hearing that as well like from your end I mean I'm sure you guys have discussed Mm. it before but um like does that like I guess resonate with you in a way and do you I know in the heat of the moment all the noise all the anger like it's a lot right like just trying to Mm. work through it but do you feel with time you're starting to see 
where she's coming from on that one and trying to be less defensive when it does come up or yeah. how's it for you? Yeah, yeah. I, I think because initially I, I always felt like it was a bit of an attack at me because she would, mm. obviously I'm trying to discipline Layla in, in my own way, um, like she's not getting in the bath. So sometimes I'm like, right, I'm just going to pick her up and put her in the bath, right? Yeah. And if she screams, she screams. Um, so then Emmy would start just sort of coming at me going, try something else, do this, do that. I'm like, Emmy, I'm dealing with her. I've already got a screaming child. I don't need a screaming mum yeah. at the same time. But it, but um, I, I've got to sort of just kind of not 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 retaliate um, and sort of try and take it on and then after we'll talk about it like when we're more calm. But so much better than when, we, when we're going after she's in bed. Don't do it in the moment. Do it after. Yeah. So. Um, just sort of take it on, put Layla to bed, then we'll go down and watch Love Island and then we'll talk about it or, or something like that where we're in a bit more of a better uh, frame of still mind. Still get into an argument, yeah. but at least yeah. not in the moment. <laughs> it could still, still escalate. Yeah. Um, but it, when it's not in front of Layla, which I think is very important because yeah. we don't want her thinking that, that it's normal for us to be, you know, arguing and, and things. Like, obviously, you can have debates and arguments are a normal thing of life. But, um, yeah, we would just try and do it away from from Layla and just, yeah, come to an agreement. And we generally do. Sometimes we agree to disagree and then just sort of accept each other's different like ways. Um, you know, we've got stuff about screen time and we have slightly different views on that. And um, Oh, really? You know, Wait, stop there. Then, I want to hear. I want to hear. Yeah. Tell me. What are your views? Oh. <laughs> I'm curious. So relaxed for screen time, and it bugs me to no end. Well, I'm quite. I'm so rigid. Being quite technical, like into technology and um, computing and programming. When I was a child, I was probably a bit different to the norm. Like I was very sociable. I played football and I I I exercise and go out with friends. But also at the same time, I loved gaming and also I loved. uh, When I was like six or seven, my granddad had an old BBC computer and I sit and program it and all that sort of stuff. When I was young. so for me, seeing that Layla do things, um, you know, on a screen or using a keyboard and stuff like that or gaming, for me, it's not a bad thing because, you know, that's where we're heading in the future. Um, and obviously, Amy's uh, opinion on that is, is – I, I, I do limit it. I, I, don't, I don't think she should just be doing it all the time, which is not. Um, but I think technology is part of life and they need to get used to it and – as much as it sounds like they need to, if if they if they're not used to it, they're not really you know going to school and all that. They're, they're starting to use touchscreens and computers and that. Although you know you can still, I think it's still important to make sure they're doing you know things with their hands, you know, and they're building things and being creative. But you know the future is very much digital. It's just the way it's going. So I, I think there is a bit of a placebo around it. I keep saying it to Amy, like, oh, gaming and gamers and all this sort of thing. And there can be a problem with gaming. It can become addictive, right? And I do enjoy it. And it's it's part of my outlet, actually. So when all this stuff was happening, like me going and playing Warzone or something. Uh, you know, it's, you know, it's his wind down. It was actually, it's actually my people. wind down. It's my getting out of my, you know, real, the real world and, and just yeah. doing something that's, and the same with playing football and stuff. So it was just for me, it's the yeah. same. You know, when I'm playing football, I don't think about anything else but football. When I'm playing yeah. games, I don't think any about anything else. So yeah, we're a bit different with screen time. Like, I mean, Emmy's a lot more strict than me, and I and I get it. And we've had conversations, and you know, like you know, dinner. We call it was it TV, TV dinner? dinner is like you know a, a Friday maybe or something. Yeah, so it's not okay. all the time. We try and get yeah. her to engage when she's eating dinner and not be distracted. We don't just give her a tablet at the dinner table to distract her unless it's like 
you know, we're going on holiday. We need, we're, we're on a plane, you know, sometimes distraction is just great, right? You have yeah. to do it. Yeah. You know what totally. I think, you know what I think it is? Mm. I think women, I'm going to be really generalizing here, but <laughs> yeah, I think women yeah. feel a lot more guilt when it comes to like their kids sitting and watching TV or sitting on the iPad for too long. But I genuinely don't feel like you get dad guilt. Like, you don't sit there being like, mm, Layla's been on the TV for an hour. Maybe we should yeah. take her outside and do something. Like, yeah, I just yeah. don't think it's in your body. Whereas if she's watching too much TV, yeah, I come across as a more strict one because I'm going, yeah. oh, I feel like a bad mom. I feel like I'm not playing with her enough. I feel like I'm not, yes. you know, teaching her something or baking cookies like everyone else on yes. Instagram here. So I feel like <laughs> it always comes back to me feeling not good enough or me feeling yeah. judging my parenting, yeah. which I just don't think you do. Yeah, yeah, I feel, yeah, I, I get where she's coming from. Like, I do have that level of guilt. Um, if, if Sometimes if I think she's doing something for too long, like watching something yeah. or on the tablet, um, I do I do have a cutoff point, but Amy's is a, a lot earlier than mine. What is your cutoff point? Uh, yeah. Maybe six hours. <laughs> Literally a whole day. <laughs> oh, my God. She's learning. It's educational. <laughs> she's yeah. <laughs> she's going to be a programmer. Hey, if she's a programmer, she'll be making good coin, let me tell you. So that's actually yeah, not exactly. such a bad thing. So that's uh, the thing, Emma. She like I, I don't have like I know there's a, a thing around technology and people worrying about what it's doing to kids and stuff, but I had it at a very young age as well, mm. believe it or not, although it wasn't as you know, you're not walking around with a mobile phone and stuff like that, yeah. but I was on it yeah. a lot. So yeah. I think it's I am where I am today doing what I'm doing as a business is because of that. Yeah. Um yeah. and 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 that was my interest. So if Layla's got an interest in it, I, I don't have any problems stopping her, but Obviously, yeah. if it's just a stimulation thing and just she wants yeah. to be stimulated all the time, then mm, that's a problem yeah. and that's where we've got to, you know, jump in and break that. Put the, set the boundaries. Yeah, love yeah. that. I know it's such an interesting journey, isn't it, this parenthood gig? Like, you know, from like, <laughs> you know, footloose and fancy free, living in London, doing your thing, to like the next yeah. minute, like, you know, having this child and talking about technology and like, like what just happened but i mean look we love them it's all part of this beautiful journey guys i want to thank you so much for your time today and tell me how can people find out more about you i'm going to turn it to you im specifically obviously having your own podcast yourself (laughs) you don't want to find benny so inactive on social media it's boring (laughs) Um, <laughs> someone who's so techy and like got all the devices, he's not a big social media guy. Um, <laughs> but you can find me on Instagram over at, uh, if you want to check out my podcast, it's over at Good Morning. So Good Morning is with a U and we are Good Morning Podcast on Instagram. Um, we've got a website, goodmorning.com.au and yeah, all my personal Instagram is Image and Rose, but I just share pictures of my child. So that's also not very exciting. <laughs> I um, love that. I'll yeah. pop those details in the episode notes as well so people can find you. Thank you so much again, guys. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave us a rating or review, and share it with your friends. Want to contribute to the conversation? Hit us up on Instagram at Parenthood Pod and join our Facebook group. Until next time. The Parenthood Podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we produce on, the land of the Wurundjeri people. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging.